to the Bold and Virtuous podcast. I'm your host, Denisa, and it's wonderful to be back again. Today, we're going to be talking about a very deep but necessary subject, something that is actually incredibly important for us as Christians, but also as just humanity, like anyone in general. This topic is very, very applicable, um, and that is the topic of letting go. Oh, it, it just makes you want to sigh, doesn't it? It makes you want to take a big fat sigh <laughs> because it is so, it is such a big subject. Um, and I am not going to try and pretend as though I'm even going to get remotely close to everything that can be said or should be said and everything that I want to say. Um, this will probably be more like part one of a, an ongoing series that I'll be doing over time. Because it's it, there's a lot to say about letting go, um, but I kind of want to kind of summarize a couple of things that God's been teaching me lately, and really kind of talk about what it is that I see to be the most important aspects of letting go, what God has been teaching me over you know a specific number of years as as I've been getting older and um it's been it's been quite a journey in my 20s and now being in my late 20s it's it's getting quite nerve-wracking because there's a lot you have to let go of and it's almost like you can't move on you can't live life fully without addressing this issue and I call it an issue because I think a lot of us have a problem with letting go say 95% of us all have things we hold on to and that's just that's just normal I don't think that that's something any like anyone should feel particularly guilty for because we are all guilty of it so I basically want to talk about the three main topics of what letting go applies to um, the first one is situations and various circumstances that we find ourselves in when life kind of doesn't quite go as we wish it would um, and how to kind of let go of those changes in our expectations. The second one is actually um, emotions. So resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, how to work to let go of specific actions that have been done against us uh, and sometimes maybe even we've done ourselves um, but you know it always just kind of remains at the back of our heads and the third one of course is people how to let go of people what is it that we need to do the process of how it is and things like that just letting go of people of friendships relationships um, and so on and so forth so let's begin Okay, so first of all, like I said, it's situations and kind of all forms of uh, things that have caused us pain um, because situations changed, circumstances affected our lives. And, you know, in uh, Philippians 4, 6, uh, it's a very famous verse that says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is a very, very uh, talked about topic, the fact that we cannot be anxious. We know as Christians, as children of God, that the Lord's purpose for us is not to live anxious lives and not to allow panic or pain or any form of negative emotion 
to rule our lives. And that involves anxiety. It involves any form of thought or feeling or emotion that makes us feel incredibly uh, down, that makes us feel worthless, that makes us feel uh, like life is not worth living. None of that is God's plan. And I just just really want to take a moment to, to clarify that because I think there are times... I've seen some of my friends or family go through this, but I've been there myself too, um, where we find ourselves depressed or, you know, um, and I'm not talking about clinical depression because that is a little bit different and has to be dealt with differently. But I mean, you know, depressed because of a situation or because of something um, not going quite right or heaviness, you know, burdening you and you just feel depressed. You just don't have any motivation to go outside and, and live life. And sometimes I think that we feel guilty. Can I can I be honest here? Can we just, you know, take down all the walls and just be honest? Am I the only one who feels this? You you guys tell me because I I am not going to lie about it, but it is true. Sometimes I feel guilty um, when something bad happens in my life, when there is a situation, especially when it involves a third person, a third party, um, and it affects me, but I physically cannot do anything to change that situation. For example, uh, let's say my, I don't know, my brother broke up with his girlfriend and he's heartbroken and she has been, you know, they've been dating for a long time. They were ready to get married and they broke up and the whole family's a bit, you know, sad because he's really, really depressed and we empathize with him. So in that situation, you can't change anything. You can't go and fix that relationship. It's none. It's not your responsibility. Um, but you do feel for your brother, for your friend, whoever it is. It's the same, you know, at work, if um, you have a meeting or some sort of project you're doing and everything kind of crashes to the ground and there is nothing else you can do. You know, that, that situation, that place where you find yourself completely surrendering to the situation because you know no effort made will change anything. You just have to accept it. And in those situations, there are times when guilt comes in because we have something sad that happens. For example, let's say in your family, you have some issues and there is just a lot of drama going on in your house. Well, I think that sometimes what happens, at least it's happened to me, I've seen it to others as well, is when we are in those situations, day comes again because, you know, God's grace is, you know, and mercy is in you every morning. And he comes back and he tries to bring joy back to us. But we see something that would normally make us laugh or smile. And our initial response is to do so. But then we remember, oh, hey, my situation is really sad right now. I can't be happy. So it's almost like we block ourselves from allowing happiness to return or allowing ourselves to to feel any kind of joy because we think if we do that then we won't be empathizing with that person who is in pain or we will be um, heartless to them I do I, I really feel that and I have a friend who's going through a really tough period at the moment and it is so hard to accept that this has happened. I, I had these moments where I, I was actually on holiday when I found out that they're struggling. And I just, 
I had one more day to enjoy and to do all of these things. And I just couldn't. I couldn't look out to the beach. I couldn't look out at the beautiful sunset God had given me. I couldn't look out at any of it and enjoy it because I felt guilty. I felt like, how can I be happy right now when I know my friend is struggling? But the Lord has shown me and and helped me to realize that that is not how we should be living. And feeling joy and feeling peace and gratitude for your life and yourself when others are going through pain does not mean that you care for them any less. It certainly does not mean that you are not uh, feeling for them or empathizing with their pain. If anything, it means that you are taking care of yourself. And Because how are we supposed to be there for other people if we do not take care of ourselves first? And that is incredibly important. So I would say that in situations and pain, the first thing to avoid is the tendency of thinking that we need to remain in that place of, of depression, of sadness, of, of pain, whatever it is, because of that situation. We need to stay there 24-7 because if we don't, we are not good people, we're not good friends, we're not supportive, we're not loving, you know, we just take all of these things as personal. And it just, it is not true in any shape or form. In fact, Ephesians 4.26 says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. This shows that God wants us every single day. It doesn't matter how bad things got. It doesn't matter how much worse they will keep getting. The Lord wants us to let it go to let it go, to let it go, to not go to sleep in complete depression, to not go to sleep in that same sadness, to not go to sleep carrying those things, because that is not, that is not how God wants us to live. He tells us to be still and know that he is God, to give him control. And I don't, I just don't think that letting go is possible if we don't learn that first. If we don't learn, hey, I need to understand that it is God who is in control. You know, I, I was going through a really tough season. I can't remember if I was in Spain or I was at university, but I was in this room by myself, very, very tiny little space. And actually, I think it was in Spain when I first moved there. And I was just going through a really tough time. I felt very lonely. Um, I felt very sad. My health was not the greatest. And I just felt like everything was crashing, you know, and I had just moved to Spain. I was in a whole new country by myself. Um, I didn't know many people. I was just getting used to the lifestyle and I found myself crying my eyes out to the Lord that night. And finally, I lay down and he just told me, be still and know that I am God. And I felt this amazing power of the Holy Spirit come over me and I truly experienced it was it was in that night that I, I I almost learned for the first time what it means to know God as a father as as your papa you know um, to understand that he is he is a daddy who will take care of you who will guard you and he is somebody who will completely envelop you in his arms so much so that there is nothing absolutely nothing that you can uh, that you have to worry about because he's got you. You know, when you're a, a little kid and you're walking around and you see, I don't know, some dogs that look a bit scary or um, some, I don't know, there's lightning in the sky and all of a sudden thunder just shakes you and suddenly 
you run, you run to your daddy and you grab onto his legs and you say, oh, save me, protect me. And he just, he lifts you up into his arms and he holds you and you are grabbing onto his neck and holding tightly. And you just know, as long as I'm in the arms of my father, I am safe right here. That, that is what God wants us to understand, that he is a father. And it was in that moment uh, in Spain, in my room, that I truly understood what it means to trust God as a father. So I gave everything and surrendered everything to him. And finally, he just whispered in my ear, be still and know that I am God. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't move one inch. <laughs> I know that verse doesn't doesn't mean physically be still, but I wanted to. I wanted to just physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually, and psychologically, like, you know, mentally, just give him everything and be still, to just shut everything off, all the voices, and to just let go and give him everything. And when you know that your papa's got you, you're also aware of what his authority means. And that's what it means to know that he is God, that you are not, you are not the one who is in control of the situation. You're not in control of the storm. You're not in, in control of what happened, of the changes that came, the unexpected things that came. God is in control. But how beautiful is it that you know that God, you have him and you can lie next to him and you can be in his arms and be completely trusting and, and uh, confident that he's got you. But none of that is possible if we don't surrender, if we have all of our guards up and if we do not relax and we, we do not let go, we are never going to be able to truly experience God's protection, God's uh, love and compassion. And also, I don't think we'll, we can ever truly become like Christ either. I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but it, it, it is a thought that's come to mind and it's true. We cannot, our, our aim uh, once, we, once we find Christ is to become more like him on a daily basis. But if we do not learn how to let go and we hold on to everything, we will never be unattached and untethered from this world, which is what God wants us to be. Henceforth, we will never become Christ-like. Therefore, how can we ever enter into the gates of heaven and be certain that Jesus will say, come in, good and faithful servant? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a very big thing. I think letting go is, is a lot bigger of a subject than some of us realize. Um, but yes, that leads me into the second point very, very uh, well. Is, and I kind of mentioned the second point too a little bit because the second point, point is emotions. And situations affect our emotions. Uh, it does tie in quite smoothly. But what I wanted to kind of address more specifically about this is not maybe just emotions in general, but how to understand that without letting go, um, we carry regret, we carry unforgiveness, we carry bitterness, resentment, even hatred sometimes. And we certainly leave a door open. We leave a door open for the enemy to 
enter in. We become exposed. And the Lord tells us that we need to shut every single door and make sure that we are safe and that we are guarded. We are supposed to wear the armor of God and be completely covered from head to toe. And and that means that we cannot leave one tiny little gap for, for any arrow to come through. You know, just just a couple of days ago, I came back from Spain again. I was um, in Madrid and I, I traveled down south and I was in Segovia for uh, for a day. And I, I went to a castle um, called the Alcazar of Segovia and I was able to enter through and check inside. It was quite an experience. But what was amazing was they had all of these um, kind of soldiers in armor, um, obviously not real soldiers, but just armor and put on a on a mannequin. And the armor was exquisite. It was incredible to see uh, real armor on, on these, you know, so-called soldiers and what they looked like. And they were covered. And I mean covered, covered, covered. Like their face was covered, their necks, their their arms, their, their hands, every single person bitten bob of them was covered you couldn't see anything uh beneath the, the the steel of the of the armor and it really spoke to me about how when we have our armor on for the lord it is exactly like it says in ephesians it is exactly the same we are supposed to be completely covered head to toe because uh as the bible says that uh, for example the shield of faith protects us from the fiery darts of the enemy the fiery darts of the enemy always tries to come in and why is it important to remember that they are fiery right because it is not an arrow that will the enemy is always like that it is not an arrow that will hit you in the shoulder and then hurt you there you take out the arrow you heal and everything is okay oh no 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 you wish it was that simple. <laughs> no, he sends an arrow that will cause all of that pain, that will need you to heal and all of that, but it will also have fire. That means that the minute it hits you, it will set you ablaze. How scary is that? It will also uh, kind of spread. It will spread. The fire and the pain will spread out from your shoulder down to your arm, to your hands, to your chest, to your legs, until you are completely covered in fire. And there is just seemingly no way out. That is why it's so important. Because sometimes some of us think that, oh, it's just one tiny little thing. Oh, it's fine. It's just one tiny little sin. It's just one little act of disobedience. It's just one lie. It's just one, it's one Sunday. It's one this, it's one that. Listen, one is all it takes for complete destruction to take forth. It does not take a lot. The enemy just needs a tiny little door door, a tiny little tiny dot to fill with the fire and that fire will slowly spread. No, it may not be immediate. You know, in wars, if that happens, you know, the fire takes, sets that person ablaze immediately. But in life, sometimes it takes time. You know, you, you do one little thing once. Um, I don't know if I if I were to take it physically, let's say gambling or, you know, addictions or any form like that, again, just just have one cigarette. Just, just have one, just get high once, just get this once, just drink, just get drunk once, you know, and you think, oh, just one, it's not a big deal. Oh, but you will want more because every single one of these things that are bad for us 
always seem to be addictive. Have you noticed that? Alcohol, uh, clubbing, toxic relationships, sex, money, title, reputation, all of these things have the tendency to be addictive, to, to always make you want more. Because why? It is the fiery dot. It is the fire spreading, spreading, spreading until it takes over. But anyway, I'm spending too too long on this on this point. I just I just think that it's so valuable to remember this. And thank you, Jesus, for for revealing it to us. But that is why it's so important not to allow unforgiveness or regret or resentment or bitterness to take hold of us, guys. Because you know what? I've seen people, people that are very close to me, allow bitterness to become such a part of their day-to-day life that they are incapable, and I literally mean it, incapable of truly being compassionate and loving to someone. They will try. Oh, yes, 100% effort, but it's, it's always just a little fake. You know, it's just always a little off a little surface because they are incapable of giving their hearts fully to someone because they're bitter within because they're resentful because they they feel so hurt and offended and whatever it is that all they see is the pain so they feel like nobody nobody deserves their love nobody deserves for them to be kind to them they they try but again they the minute they get hit even by the smallest bit of offense they will burst and all of the love that they so seemingly tried to show you will just burn to the ground and it is not it is just not how god wants us to be it is not how we're supposed to be built as christians and it is certainly it is certainly no attribute there is certainly no attribute of god or or christ like that suggests that we should behave this way. The Lord tells us that we need to let go. We cannot even let the sun go down while we're st- still angry, much less do anything else, you know. In Proverbs 28:13 it says whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Praise God, that's Proverbs 28:13. Uh, so it shows that we cannot conceal things we cannot hide these things within us and think that it's okay or or as they say sweep them under the rug and I've been there too uh, where I've sinned and I kept putting it under the rug thinking oh I don't need to confess I don't need to, 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 to tell anyone that but somehow I just I could never let it go I knew God had forgiven me but it's I, I couldn't figure out it is it is it I that I can't forgive myself is it what is it but sometimes you know you really do need to just talk to someone you just need to confess and speak it out in order to completely be released from it because if not sometimes it's I don't know it's harder that's why they they've created all of these support groups you know for drug addicts and alcoholics and all these people there's support groups because we need to talk to each other we need to admit it we need to hear it out loud I think the scariest and most dangerous thing again that the enemy one of the enemy's tactics in uh holding on to things and not letting go but also in in just our daily battle and struggle with with sin and all of these things and with entrapment it's when we spend too much time alone it's when we shut ourselves off and when we stop sharing 
what is in our minds, what is struggling, what we're struggling with, what kinds of things we um, we are facing. Uh, if there are negative thoughts, if there are dark things that are hitting us, when we are refusing to share and to get help. I really encourage you, if you are in that situation, please find someone, anyone. It can be a family member. It doesn't have to be a pastor. Um, some of us think that we always have to go to a pastor to confess. That's not true. The best thing is to go to someone who does know Christ and who will love you despite that, because obviously you don't want someone to just reject you and judge you when you confess, because that's just going to make you feel worse and it's, you, know, you know, you're definitely not going to be able to let go if that happens, but you have to make sure it's someone trustworthy, but you do. You, we, we need to go to one another. We need each other's help and we need to speak them out and to renounce them. And when we do that, as the, as the proverb says, we find mercy. And we, if we do not conceal our sins or our, our situations and things like that, we, uh, we will prosper because those who conceal cannot prosper. And prosper doesn't just mean, oh, uh, prosper in money on all this, but it means in, in happiness, in joy, in peace, in freedom. All of these things are, uh, are parts of prospering in the Lord. Um, so I really encourage you to go, go forth and do that. Um, and the same with regret. It can be hard sometimes to accept things because that's the thing the steps that are really obvious for emotions situations um, unforgiveness and so forth all kinds of pain it's to recognize what it is to allow yourself to feel that pain cry mourn do whatever it is that you need to do it's okay even if it's something seemingly silly even if even if it's a project that failed or or a book that you know you wanted to get published and it never it never did. Or, um, you know, you lost, I don't know, you painted something and you lost it somewhere in a, a delivery or just anything. It can be anything. Nothing is too silly or seemingly stupid. Some people say that, oh, that's stupid. No, it isn't. We feel pain for everything. And the Lord feels with us. So he does not judge you. He does not look at you and say, oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, you're your computer broke and you lost all the all the things that you wrote down and all your revelations. Ugh, I don't care about that. I, I we need to go to war. You know, God cares about every single detail of your life. So don't be afraid to, to give it to him in that and then allow yourself to feel the pain. And then once you felt it, again come to the Lord and ask him to give you the strength. Do not try to do it alone. Talk to other people and then work to release it by accepting it. It is acceptance that helps us to release. It is acceptance that helps us understand that there is nothing else we can do. What has happened has happened. And if we hold on to it, it will not change anything. It will not fix the problem by any means, if anything, it will make things worse. And leading me on to my uh, next and final point, it will not change the, the other person and it will not change you. Certainly not for the good. It will change you, but it will change you for the worse because like I said, there will be a lot of resentment and unforgiveness. But when it comes to people, letting, letting go of people, I think, is the hardest one for me. 
um, with circumstances, with situations, even with pain sometimes. I, I don't struggle. I forget very quickly and I'm just like, whatever. The Lord take it. It's fine. But it's people that I struggle to let go of. Um, and that one, you know, I can't, I can't lie. It really has been a huge one in my life. Um, you know, Romans 8.28 says that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We need to understand that every single thing that happens in our life is for a good purpose, is for a reason, and it all carries some form of significance or meaning. Sometimes the meaning is obvious. It's like, oh, this person came into my life and they became my husband. Woohoo. Other times, oh, this person came into my life. What did they add to it? Nothing. But then you look back in the future and you realize that if that person hadn't been there, you wouldn't have realized that you were, you wouldn't have finally had that epiphany about yourself that you are someone who appreciates honesty or or someone who is really hurt when people lie to you you know it's an example but what I'm trying to say is there are certain things in life and this is just I'm just talking about people here this is this applies for situations and and uh, pain as well that every single one of those steps and I call them steps because they lead us forward, right? They are not just keeping us on the same ground level. They are a step to take us higher and to help us rise up uh, and to become more Christ-like. You know, a person who comes and hurts you um, or who tests out your patience, <laughs> a person who's toxic and comes around and... Um, you seem to have a good time, but then slowly you realize your, your your relationship is so toxic and so unhealthy. Well, that person teaches you what toxicity is. That person teaches you what health is. It teaches you what kind of friend you want to be, what kind of friend you truly value, and what your boundaries are. You know, every single thing teaches us about ourselves, about people, and teaches us about God as well. Every single moment. In my life, I have, I think that I've lost, I've made so many friends across the years. I'm someone that makes friends very, very easily, very quickly. If you are, you know, if I really get a sense from you that you are friendly and there's light and I see that God is really leading me to you, I will have no problem to share my whole life with you within the first five minutes. You know, I'm not someone who will, um, who will conceal myself. Although sometimes that can be a, that can be a little dangerous too. But what I'm trying to say is I do. I, I've made friends very quickly. But the problem is I've also lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. In fact, I'm at this place now where I look back at all the friends I've had. And yes, there are some that I still keep in contact with. But if I were truly able to put them all in one room, I think it would be, there would be quite a few, you know, it would be, that room would be quite stuffed. But then you'd go in the next room and say, okay, which ones of those are still my friends? Which ones lasted and which ones were real? Um, because we, we really can, can mistake 
something fake for friendship very very easily at least at least I know I do um and if I were able to to go into that second room I don't know maybe there would be like one or two people that I I can still say are truly my friends still from like way back when uh, of course there's there's new ones as well that God keeps kind of uh, providing so it, it is comforting to know that the Lord always provides new people always leads us to new people to new souls um, because he wants us to share he wants us to be used by him he wants us to encourage to lift to listen to learn there is something to learn from everyone and it always comforts me to know that this is not the end this is not the end even if I've had seasons in my life because I've moved a lot and stuff where I literally felt like there was no one I had absolutely not one friend and uh, I felt like I lost all of them no matter how much I tried and even if we said hi online or anything it was just not you know I'm like this isn't friendship <laughs> um, so I'm sure some of you guys can relate but it can it can truly um, discourage you but again <laughs> The Lord has all forms of reasons to put people in our lives. And unfortunately, not all the people in our lives will be there for a deep and true reason. You know, a lot of them will just be, will just be there for that moment, will just be there for that season. Uh, you know, it reminds me of that quote, I um, can't remember where I heard it, but it says, some friends come in your life for a reason, others only for a season. <laughs> How beautiful is that? Um, and that is exactly the truth. That's exactly what God allows. Sometimes he just, he just allows somebody to come forward in order to teach you something. And then you have to let them go. And that's what I always struggled with. I was like, what? We were friends. I shared everything with this person. How can I, how can I just let them go now? And God would be, you know, and the amount of times I hit my head with this, though, I just couldn't learn this lesson finally. But I can truly say that I finally come to this place now where I'm able to look at the people that do not hang around for a long time and just accept it and love them regardless and not look at them thinking, oh, they left me or, oh, how could I have lost them? And, you know, just full depression and sadness. It was more than that. It was just, it's okay. I'm grateful to have had them. I don't regret it. And I let it go. It is, it is not easy, but it's important to, to do that. Um, you know, Isaiah 43, 18, um, to 19 I, I suggest reading that it, it says forget the former things and do not dwell on the past I think this summarizes all three of my points very well that we should not dwell on the past things on the things that we've gone through on the things that we have experienced on the people that hurt us on the circumstances that didn't go according to our plan or even God as well. Sometimes some of us hold on to things that God did do or didn't do and we're like, why did you do that? Why did you give me this man to marry because he drives me crazy? Or why did you, I don't know, uh, why did you allow me to, to move to this place because I'm miserable? You know, and we just we blame, we blame and blame and blame and it is so unhealthy. 
Um, I'm reading this this book, and oh, I cannot remember the name now. It's upstairs, but um, was it? Cha- I think it's called Changing Lives or something like that. And it basically says uh, our immediate reaction to anything uh, unexpected is either to blame that person, situation, or God, or to blame ourselves. So it, the the blame is always either external or internal. But God tells us that there should be no blame, full stop. And henceforth, there should be no regret. We should work to let go and release it and release it as quickly as possible. Again, like the proverb said, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not hold on to them. Do not carry them into your next day. Leave them there and let them go. And forgiving someone doesn't just mean, oh, I, I, you said you're sorry. Okay, I forgive you. You also have to let it go. Do not treat that person uh, differently and with less love because they hurt you that one time. Of course, there are all kinds of situations, but it is important to make sure that we are able to let go. And let it go, letting go means being able to love that person despite despite them acting or reacting in a way that was unexpected or hurtful to us. And yes, we can protect ourselves better. We can learn things about ourselves for the future, but it is not okay to minimize our love and our compassion or kindness with that person because they hurt us. Look at Jesus. All we did was hurt him. The amount of times that we need to remember that all of us, humanity just wanted to throw stones at him they crucified him they did the the worst of the worst and they just could not um they could not release the fact that they felt offended and hurt and whatever and jesus took it all and died and loved them regardless he was up there on that cross and said father forgive them for they know not what what they do he still loved them the exact same amount as the, as he did the first day nothing changed and if, if we are if we call ourselves christians that means we are, we should be christ like to finally summarize uh what we need to remember about letting go is one we're not meant to hold on to anything because it's not good for us especially when it's negative and if it is positive do not hold on to it. Like Isaiah 43 says, don't forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Don't live in the past as though, oh, it was better than than the present. That will withhold you from seeing the blessings God has for you today. So ensure that you let those things go. And the last thing is that we should be grateful for the time that we have with people. No matter how short or long, no matter how simple or complicated, we should be grateful because we are able to learn from each and every one of them. We should trust God to take care of them. If there there comes a person in your life and you see that God is telling you it is time to let them go, trust that God will take care of them. Don't feel like you need to to follow. You need to keep hold of them because they will not survive without you. I used to do that when I was really young. Uh, I, I would have friends that struggled with a couple things and I would pray for them. And then 
God told me to kind of step out of the way and, and let them be. And I just couldn't do it. I just, I wanted to help. I wanted to, to be there for them, to always hold them when they fell. And God was like, hey, 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 you're taking my spot. <laughs> That's my job to do. So we have to make sure that we don't try and take God's um, role in people's lives uh, and refuse to let them go. And at the same time, we have to make sure that we do not let resentment follow us every time we deal with that person in, in the sense of holding on to unforgiveness and never being able to treat that person with any form of kindness or love because none of that is biblical. So let me pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for such an incredible uh, topic, God. I know that I haven't even touched uh, all the things that I wanted to say, but thank you. Thank you for all the wonderful uh, revelations on this podcast. Thank you, Father, for speaking to your children. I really hope that every listener um, has been able to gain something from this, that they were able to hear something that truly helps them. And that they hear and see that it is just the Holy Spirit speaking. It is not me. And I just want you, God, to be glorified in all of this. So thank you for the wisdom you give us. Help us to let go and help us to release everything to you, God. To not allow the enemy, even the smallest little door, to come in. Because it will only make it worse. So in the name of Jesus, we give all things to you again and surrender all things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. Just to finish, um, I wanted to read this little tiny passage from this book called Why Less Means More by Kathy Madivan. Um, It's really powerful. And I just wanted to read this little passage and leave you guys with this. After we give a lot, we may need to receive a lot. After traveling, we may need to stay still. After interacting endlessly, we might need to retreat alone. After a hefty deadline, we might need time with friends. If we've been cooped up for days, we might need to get outside. After running a marathon, we may need extra rest. Uh, I hope this passage reminds you that whatever season you're in, whatever place you're in, there is always a response to that season that you need. And that applies to letting go in the sense that if, if you were hurt, if you were in pain, if you were shocked or confused or stressed or depressed, there has to be a response to that. Do whatever it is that you know needs to be done in order to take care of yourself, in order to be a better friend to others, and more importantly, in order to become more Christ-like. And allow letting go to be the step to getting there. Thank you guys for listening. Leave any questions in the comments below and I will see you guys in the next two weeks. Let's let go and surrender everything to God as the bold and virtuous women that we are supposed to be in Christ Jesus. Thank you guys. Bye.